Good afternoon, folks. It's that time again, time for the elephant in the room here on WJAS 1320 AM and our sister station, 99.1 FM. I'm Sam DeMarco, your host, here joined by the usual suspects. We have John Schneider, Executive Director from the Republican Committee of Allegheny County, and our producer, dazzling Daryl Grandy. Daryl, say hi to the folks. How are we doing, everybody? John. Happy to be here, Sam. Thank <laughs> well, you. I'm glad you guys are here, too, today. Folks, we have a great show. This was a big week here in Allegheny County. Uh, petitions needed to be filed for the primary election. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some comments that my friend Guy Shiraki, former uh, head of the Chester County Chamber of Commerce, has made. He now currently writes for Broad and Liberty, and he has some excellent comments is what Republicans need to do here moving forward, as well as some comments on what they should do in Harrisburg, taking advantage of Governor Shapiro's budget address to look for some areas of where we could potentially agree and some easy wins. So we're going to be talking a lot about that today. We'll talk about problems in the Democratic Party. Anybody that pays attention knows that they're evidence. But at the same time here, the Republicans, we have our own. You know, just when you see this split in the Democratic Party with the progressive wing, and it's not, it's incredibly vivid here when you look at what's happening with this county executive race on the Democrat side. But just when you would think, hey, Republicans might be able to take advantage of that. We have Republicans here or people that claim to be Republicans here who uh, <clears throat> say, hold my beer, and want to see what they can do to sort of screw things up. So we'll talk a little bit about that. So we have a great show coming for you today, folks. And uh, you know, sit back, kick back, and get ready. So, John, yeah, how excited are you to talk about our Lincoln Day dinner? Uh, I know. I'm very excited. It's coming along very well here. You did a great job in securing a great keynote speaker in Alabama, Senator Katie Britt. Uh, for our listeners, that is on April 13th at the Wyndham Grand down at the Wyndham Grand downtown. Mm-hmm. This, as I've always, I say in our newsletter here, this has become one of the premier Republican or conservative events in the state. I think it's up there with like the leadership conference they have. But uh, this is always a tremendous event. It's you've had about 600 people on average, probably well, this, more in previous years. Well, it absolutely is. And thank you very much for the for the kind words there. <clears throat> folks, uh, for folks who don't know or understand what we're talking about here, is every year the Republican Committee of Allegheny County holds a major fundraiser. And it's a fundraising dinner. We invite keynote speakers to come out, come in from out of town uh, and, and speak to our folks here. And we try to raise money, which takes and provides for the operation of the local committee, as well as money to help fund some of our local candidates and some of our races, get out the vote operations and things like that. So it's very important, yeah. you know, that we get or able to raise money and get support. And my first year uh, as county chair for my first dinner, I was able to uh, secure Ted Cruz, senator from Texas, who came in and spoke to us at the Omni William Penn. That was a great event. It was sold out and maxed. I mean, we had people that the balconies were jammed yes, up there. I and that. unfortunately, I love the William Penn, uh, but unfortunately, we outgrew it. Yeah. So we roll right from Ted Cruz. He comes in and speaks in February. And then March, we get hit with the pandemic and everything starts to shut down. So we were temporarily out of operation there. And as all of you know, you were locked in your homes. Bars and restaurants were closed. Hotels were limited to certain capacities. <clears throat> so we roll into 2021, and my gosh, we hit the mother load when we were able to get Florida governor and rumored 
2024 presidential candidate, uh, Ron DeSantis, came to town. And Ron has Western Pennsylvania roots. So he was happy to come in. And uh, a week before the dinner, Governor Wolf loosened the restrictions. And we were able to have, we had about 730 people at that dinner. Followed it up last year with uh, Senator uh, Cotton, Cotton uh, Tom Cotton. And uh, we had about 650 people there. And this year, we got a great show planned for the folks. We have, as John was just sharing, a new U.S. Senator from Alabama, Katie Britt. Now, you can't. how can you not be excited about her? Yeah. Youngest GOP Senator, only 40 years old, only one with school-age children, okay? Uh, hell, I think a lot of people would want to meet her husband. I mean, uh, her husband was a tackle and the captain of the Alabama football team, Wesley Britt. Played for the New England Patriots and San Diego Chargers in the NFL. So she's going to be our keynote speaker, but we're going to have a lot of other folks there. And I think one of the things that I'm most excited about is we're going to take and be presenting a Lifetime Achievement Award to Jim Roddy. Any of you folks here in Allegheny County, you know the name Jim Roddy, long a fixture in the business community, uh, a you know a civic leader. Jim was the first county executive here in Allegheny County, elected in 1999, serving from 2000 to 2004. And Jim, uh, really, uh, after that, his time wasn't up. Uh, you know, when he was called upon, he answered the call, and he took over the Republican Committee of Allegheny County upon the resignation of a previous chair and uh, really held that position for over a decade. Okay? <clears throat> so Jim did a heck of a job. And we really want to recognize all of his hard work and uh, what he's done. So that, that John, I'm really excited about that because I look upon Jim a little bit as a mentor. You know, uh, we're both Marines. Yeah. But Jim, Jim was, a, was a, a, a real Marine, like precursor to what Marine Corps we talk about called Force Recon, right? Yeah. I was an air wing guy. I was in the air wing, so I worked on avionics, you know, taking black boxes out of jets and fixing them and things like that. Jim was the guy in the rubber boats the rubber raft, you know, de, uh, get climbing in from a submarine to go in behind what would be, you know, uh, you know, I don't say enemy lines because it was during the Cold War, but, you know, that, that type of situation. So Jim was a real Marine. And uh, what's funny, <clears throat> we were just at the uh, launch of our county executive candidate, uh, Joe Rocky's campaign. Yes. So I had the pleasure of being able to introduce Jim and I, just speaking glowingly of Joe and then say, hey, I want to introduce, you know, Jim Roddy and a fellow Marine. And so Jim gets up and in typical Jim Roddy fashion, anybody that's ever attended a dinner, he has the best jokes, mm-hmm. but he goes, uh, uh, yeah, Sam and I were both Marines. And as you know, once a Marine, always a Marine, but then he adds that, but if we both get called up, you know, this country's in serious trouble. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, he does a tremendous job. And Jim also has a show here on WJAS 1320 AM. Yeah, Daryl, what day he, and what time is that it's, show? It's on? Heroes, uh, presented in conjunction with uh, Allegheny Health Network, AHN, as well as Highmark. And it uh, airs uh, uh, Saturdays at, uh, actually, we just missed it now, but it's Saturdays at uh, 1030 AM. And also tomorrow, it's going to air at uh, 11 AM here on the Talk of Pittsburgh 1320 Well, WJAS. fantastic, folks. I mean, and, listen, hey, g- give Jim a call. I'll tell you what. And, 
he really is a civic treasure. And I second and third and fourth and fifth everything you've ever said about Jim because yeah. he is uh, he is the best. I work with him directly on that show. Mm-hmm. We usually have lunch uh, across the street, sometimes at Vincent, sometimes sometimes down at Scolio's before we start recording here. And he and I swap stories, so I've heard many of the uh, of the Jim stories. A funny aside. About three or four weeks ago, we are uh, we, we we go to lunch at Vincent's across the street, uh-huh. and we come over, and we were also with uh, the general manager of the station, Mark Spagnola, and the 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 situation is Jim drives directly to Vincent's. Mark and I walk from over here; it's literally across the street. Right. And we walk back, and we say, "Okay, Jim, we'll meet you." Uh, I'll meet him in the lobby, uh, and Mark uh, Mark and I arrive here. We walk over here. Mark goes up to his office right here on the fourth floor, and the lobby is the lobby. And Jim pulls up, and so I wait for him in the lobby just to make sure somebody's with him in the building. Between the time Mark got up to the fourth floor and the time Jim and I were ready to get up to the fourth floor, the building takes a power hit, a, a power surge. Oh, and wow. Mark's already up there, and so I walk over to the elevator. Didn't even notice it took a power surge. Push the button. Nothing. No <laughs> dice. No, no. And you know the elevator. Yes. So, oh, yes. No lights, no anything, no movement, no up, down, no dings, no dongs, no anything. So it's dead, completely dead. And I'm like, what are we going to do? I'm like, there's no way we're going to climb the stairs. And I'm thinking in my head, there's no way we're climbing the stairs. Yeah. Jim, 90 years old. Well, I guess we got to take the stairs. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and damn if he didn't do it. He gets up at like damn 4 a.m. every morning if he didn't and does do his it. exercises. Yeah. I mean, God bless him, you know. 88 years old this day, this year, I think. 90. Oh, 90? 90. Oh, wow. Just, okay. just turned maybe a few weeks ago. Just turned ago. 90. Okay, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, wow. But yeah, that's Jim Roddy in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, he's just, uh, you know, again, a phenomenal uh, civic treasure and somebody that I am proud to call my friend. Uh, you know, can't be happier to have Jim around. And, and I think it's, you know, way past time, you know, we recognized him for this. And it's not like that we haven't before. No. When, when Jim retired back in 2016, we did a roast. Oh. oh, my gosh. And it was a ton of fun. Folks, I wish we would have had the forethought to take and tape and record that. But then again, maybe it would have inhibited some of the speakers. <laughs> but you know, there are careers at stake, Sam. Cyril Wecht, Cyril Wecht, who was Jim's first opponent for county executive in 1999, was one of the roasters. As was Dan Onorato, mm. who defeated him in 2003 to become the county executive in 2004. I was a roaster. Uh, former Congressman Tim Murphy and uh, Washington County Commissioner Diana Ari, you know, made up the uh, trio. But <clears throat> we had a lot of fun. I'm proud of my jokes. I don't know. I thought they were funny. I don't know if other folks thought they were funny, but I thought they were funny. You know, Jim always had a joke. He he would always, when he would meet young folks, he'd ask them how old they were, and then he would tell them they had underwear. He had underwear older than they were. So I teased him and bought him a pair of camouflaged boxers, Walmart, and brought up and I said, Jim's always saying his underwear's so old, you know, that I wanted to take him to get him a new pair. So he's in favorite color, Jim, camouflage, right? Then we told him, um, he also has another saying where he likes to say that when he dies, he wants to be buried in Philadelphia so at least he can continue to vote. <laughs> and I told him, but Jim, if that was true, I said, you would have lost your first race because who has a better finger on the pulse of the dead than Cyril Wecht, who was the county coroner, you know? Right. And Cyril was cracking up, and uh, we just we, – we had a great time. You know, Dan Honorado was fantastic, and uh, – yeah, you know, Cyril, he brought the house out. I mean, Cyril just is incredibly intelligent and, and very, very funny. Um, but it, so it was a great night, you know, all around. And hey, ho- hopefully we can recapture 
you know, some of that spirit here at this dinner. But folks, if you want to go to this dinner, and I would suggest you don't miss it, go to go to www.allegheny, A-L-L-E-G-H-E-N-Y dot G-O-P. That's allegheny.gop, and you'll see the link to the dinner. It's Eventbrite. It's right there on the front of the website. So uh, hope to see you there. That's Thursday, April 13th at the Wyndham Grand in downtown Pittsburgh. It's going to be an exciting time. It's going to be great speakers. You're really going to enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, we do it first class. And you're right, John. This event is a preeminent political event in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you know. And – we get these folks in, like the Ted Cruz and the Tom Cotton, and they talk about it. Hey, they've never seen any anything like it as far as like a Lincoln Day dinner yeah. <clears throat> from a production value standpoint. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope our listeners, you know, join us there. So that's one of the things we talked about here. We got that out of the way, right? Yeah. So let's talk about Allegheny County here. Uh, as I said, you know, on Tuesday – Everybody that was running for that's going running for office here for municipal office, court of common pleas, statewide judicial court seats, all had to file nominating petitions, you know, in the county. And I mean, boy, we have some surprises. Uh, you know, on the in the Democrat side for county executive, not only do they have the folks that had been announced, you know, which include folks like we had Mike Lamb, Sarah Inamorado. John Weinstein, Dave Fawcett, but there are other folks, uh, William Parker, Liv Bennett. Oh, don't let me forget Sarah Inamorato. Uh, we have, and someone else, Teresa uh, Clausey, or I don't know how to pronounce her name, uh, but a former school board member. But my gosh, they're all throwing their hat into this race here, okay? And that's where part of the divide comes from. I mean, last week was a big week for Democrats because they took and had two endorsement meetings. On Friday, they met with the Allegheny uh, Trades Building Council, or Allegheny Fayette Building Council, and they interviewed before the uh, union leaders from all the different unions in these in Western Pennsylvania here and uh, received endorsements from there. And then on Sunday, they interviewed with the Democratic Committee of uh, Allegheny County and received endorsements from there. <clears throat> but there's quite a split. I mean, coming out of the uh, Democratic Committee endorsement meeting. You had John Weinstein was the winner. I think he received like 545 votes. But you had Sarah Inamorato behind him with 457 and Mike Lamb right behind her with 391. Okay? So, I mean, a real split there. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're Mr. Weinstein or Treasurer Weinstein, you have to be concerned because uh, the energy seems to be with those folks in that party, you know, that, that far left wing, and that's concerning. You know, they were able to win these primaries. That's why Summer Lee is in Congress and why Ed Ganey is the mayor of Pittsburgh. So you have to be concerned here. And, you know, we, we'll talk later, but, you know, uh, Allegheny County, is it an inflection point? You know, Rich Fitzgerald has been the county executive here for the last 12 years and has really governed, much as Dan Honorado did and Jim Roddy did, is a centrist. You know, what's the future going to hold as we move forward in these very challenging times? So that's going to be interesting there. And we have a Democrat uh, for county council member at large race. You know, you have Bethany Hallam, who's the current uh, county council member at large, and she's running. She has a challenger. The challenger's name is Joanna Dovin, 
And Joanna was the former press secretary for Luke Ravenstall, city of Pittsburgh. So she's experienced and well-known. And, and this race has gotten a little chippy here mm-hmm. you know, early on. I mean, uh, some of Hallam's supporters have gone after Do- Dovin, uh, especially on Twitter over some things. Uh, you know, somebody, there's a website out there. The website's uh, bethanyhallamfiles.com where there's some really, um, you know, some stuff out there about Hallam. Um, but that, that, that seat has certainly gotten, gotten very chippy and something to be concerned about. Um, from the treasurer's race, you have two folks that have thrown their name into the ring, John, and that would be uh, a woman by the name of Erica. Where's Erica? Oh, Erica Brutzelars, or she's running. But Anthony Coghill from city council, Anthony's throwing his hat into the race, but because he entered late, it was too late to apply for the endorsement. So Erica got the endorsement last week, but Anthony is a well-known and uh, well-spoken member of Pittsburgh City Council, and he's running for that. In the controller's race, you had Corey O'Connor, who was appointed last June by Governor Wolf to fill the remaining term of Chelsea Wagner, who'd been elected to Common Police Court. Corey is running, and so is Darwin Luba. Darwin's a, a you know a DSA member, I mean Democrat Socialist of America member uh, here in Allegheny County, and you know, has run campaigns for folks like Anita Prizio and others here before. So they have those challengers. We hope as the Republican Party to find some folks that may want to look to challenge these people and to try to get them on the ballot here for uh, in the primary, which we can do as a write-in, yep. and which we've done numerous times. But that's one of the things for us to work on. Okay, in District Two. We have Suzanne Filiaggi, who is currently on county council with me. She represents much of the North Hills area. Uh, Suzanne's from Franklin Park. Does a very, very, very good job. Okay, so she's running here to be uh, to be elected to a full term. She took the place of Cindy Kirk, who had to step down under the previous rules. You know, pre until before November of 2022, uh, in the administrative code here for Allegheny County. If you were on county council and you wanted to run for another office, you had to resign to run. Now, that was the only office for which that role was in place. So Bob Macy and some others brought that up. It got on the agenda or got on the ballot as a referendum question in November, and that role was struck down so that now you can be on county council and run for another race. And uh, so that's, unfortunately, Cindy Kirk fell under that former uh, role, so she had stepped down. But she hit it out of the ballpark and hit a home run when she recommended Suzanne Filiaggi to take her spot. I mean, Suzanne's an attorney, formerly worked in the district attorney's office, you know, worked in the county, a small business owner. Uh, phenomenal job she does. And love to see her get reelected. But I, I've been told that, that Bethany Hallam went out and recruited a candidate from Swickley Council whose name is uh, Todd Hamer. Hmm. Folks, we can't allow... Uh, Suzanne Filiaggi to lose this race so she can use all the help we can give her. Then we also have another competitive race out there in District 5. District 5 used to be the seat held by Sue Means. It was Bethel Park, Mount Lebanon, Upper St. Clair, and in the past it was Bridgeville. With the redistricting, Bridgeville was moved out, Dormont was moved in, okay? But uh, Mr. Dewar has decided that he's not going to run for re-election, so now the seat is open, and uh, yeah, the Democrat that wants to run for this is uh, Dan Grisbeck, who is a, uh, on Bethel Park School Board and a very, very far left you know, member. This is a guy that's you know, f- 
absolutely fine with boys and girls locker rooms and things of that nature, but he's being challenged by the Republican, Mike Imbrescia. Mike is from Mount Lebanon, great guy. Mike is the chief development officer for Carnegie Robotics. So I think we have, you know, we have a, a good group of professionals that are running here. Uh, you know, uh, we have a number of other candidates. Uh, we had someone that entered late that was looking at running in District 6, Sean McGrath. And I think Sean's going to look at uh, running a write-in campaign that is correct. to get on the ballot there. So we're excited about that. And, uh, you know, that's just a, just a, a snippet of the hundreds, the hundreds of Republican who filed nominating petitions to run for office in their municipalities, on their local school boards, and here, as I said, you know, on on countywide office. So I'm, I'm very excited about this, John. A lot of great things going on here, and uh, we'll learn more in the coming days. But that's just the initial, uh, you know, look at this. So I think you met, you've, you forgot to mention the district attorney's race. Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh that, yes. That's kind of significant. Oh my gosh! Yes. Thank you for reminding me that. Uh, yes, in the district attorney's race, folks, um, Steve Apollo has been the district attorney for, I believe, the past 24 years. Yeah. Okay? And uh, you know, Steve doesn't believe in coddling criminals. And I actually uh, was at the uh, center where he launched his campaign and listened to his speech. And, folks, I mean, he's he talked about the need, you know, to restore law and order here. He talked about the need to provide public safety in the city of Pittsburgh. And uh, he's being challenged by a gentleman by the name of Matt Dugan. Matt's the chief public defender. And you know, Matt actually got the endorsement at the Democrat committee endorsement meeting this past Sunday. And it was substantial. It was about 60%, 60 to 40. But you know what? That's not unusual because the district attorney, or Steve Zappella, has always had this uh, tenuous relationship with the Democratic Party in being that he believes in following the law, mm-hmm. okay? And you see where these folks are going with their, what they call justice reform, which is anything but. You know, their idea of justice reform is letting people go. They don't believe that there should be jails you know, or prisons, okay? And uh, <clears throat> so that was tenuous. And he faced, in, back in 2019, you know, he had a progressive challenger, Teron Jenkins, who he defeated in the primary. But then an independent, Lisa Middleman, she filed in August. She tried to run against him, and uh, you know, he was defeat- she was defeated handily. And she's on Common Pleas now, I believe. She, right. She was elected in 2021 to the court of common pleas. So, but yeah, so that's an, an interesting thing. And, and we're going to see what happens, you know, in that race. And folks, we, you, you need to pay attention because it's important. A lot of folks don't pay attention to some of these offices, but that's how you end up with like a Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. That's how you end up with over a thousand carjackings in a year and over almost 600 murders in a year by, uh, you know, not paying attention to these things, yeah. right? These are important seats. We need to elect people that are going to take and enforce the law and ensure that our families are safe. So something to consider when you're out there and you're looking at that. And I'm sure, John, in the coming weeks, we'll talk about more of these candidates, sure. you know, as, as, as it becomes clear, right? So uh, a lot of exciting things. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, Tim, I would argue that local candidates or local offices have more impact directly on people's lives than some of these, you know, federal offices or, you know, statewide offices. I mean, these are the people that make sure your trash is picked up, making sure, you know, you have, you know, police and fire protection and all that stuff. But no, you're absolutely I, right. I could, could, couldn't have said it better. 
you know, and, but unfortunately, because they're not always on the evening news, yeah. many folks aren't aware of them, right? Sure. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I mean, your school taxes. School taxes. Your school taxes yep. are some of the highest taxes that, that many folks will pay, mm-hmm. right? But yet you don't know about those folks. So, yeah, no, it's important. I look forward to learning more about that. The uh, county elections office, they're busy going through this. I spoke with uh, David Boy, the, the director of elections. He told me he thought there were about 1,600 people that filed. So to give you an idea, folks out there, that means 1,600 people are going to be on this ballot here in May yeah, running for office here in Allegheny County. So that's a big job. As these guys sort through this and these lists come out, we'll make sure that we keep you folks updated on the races we think you need to be att- pay attention to. So Yeah. And statewide, you know, we have a number of folks have uh, filed to run for statewide office. Now, Carolyn Carluccio, yep. uh, Harry Smale, excuse me, Carolyn Carluccio is uh, the president judge of Montgomery County. She's been on the show, previous guest on the show before. She's running to be uh, next Pennsylvania Supreme Court justice. But she's being challenged by others who've gotten on the, the ballot. I think Patty McCullough from Allegheny County. From Allegheny County. And uh, I think Paula Patrick. Did Paula Paul Patrick file? did not, no. Okay, great. So it's just Patty McCullough. You know, the one thing, Patty McCullough is a Commonwealth Court judge. Great lady. Yeah. You know, but her age, I'm concerned about her age because she, I believe she's 67 she doesn't, or 68. Yeah. Or she, yeah. I think she's 66 now. 66. Okay. But yeah, she won't be able to serve a full term, you know, if elected. That's a concern. Yeah. You know, I'm also concerned about the number of decisions that she's made that have been overturned. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yes, we believe, many of us believe we have a partisan Supreme Court. Yes. But, you know, I, I think that uh, that's only part of it, you know. So I'm concerned about some of that. And we'll talk more about that and some other things when we get to the second segment. Folks, you're listening to The Elephant in the Room here on WJAS, 1320 AM and or 99.1 FM. Talk to you after the break. The midterm elections are in the rearview mirror, and now it's time to start finding great school board candidates for 2023. Convince the right candidates to run using the Get Elected app for easy-to-understand voter data and analysis, canvassing tools, and more. Visit getelected.org and show them the path to victory. Get elected. Campaign with confidence. Folks, welcome back to the show. This is Sam DeMarco here with the Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. So, hey, John, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff in the first segment, but in the second segment here, you know, I issued a press release earlier this week where I was calling on some of our Allegheny County freshman reps yeah. to speak out on the sexual harassment claims against our state representative, Mike Zabel. And just uh, the other day, Zabel finally announced that pressure got too much. Is One after another after another person came forward and made these claims against him. that He decided that he was going to resign effective March 16th. Yeah. So while that brings the Democrats down one seat, the Republicans still aren't tied yet because uh, Representative Culver, who ran and was elected January 31st to the state Senate, her special election to fill her seat, which we expect to be Republican, hasn't been held yet. So yeah, so it, but folks, it just goes to show you how tenuous and how tight this battle for the majority in the Pennsylvania House is right now. And you heard last week when Jason Ortiz was on, he talked about how the Democrats took and were trying to change these rules. Well, they did change the rules. They voted on them, mm-hmm. right? So they have a majority slipping back and forth, but they granted themselves a 12 to 9 majority in all the committees, right? <clears throat> so it's going to be interesting to see if we're going to be able to get anything done in Harrisburg 
or anything in particular for the people. Now, my good friend Guy Shiraki, Guy's former uh, chairman of the Chester County Chamber of Commerce and also a writer for Broad and Liberty, he was listening to Governor Shapiro's speech the other day. Good for him. You know, yeah. means he was doing it. We didn't have to. Uh, yeah, well, right? I listened to it too. I yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, you well, did. I oh. mean, it, yeah. Come on, John. I did. Eleven thirty. I mean, how, how many state of the states and state of the unions and state of, can you listen to, right? But anyway, guy did hear some things that he thought could resonate with Republicans and that they would should seize on if we want to get some easy victories. Okay, so some of those things were uh, he talked about permitting reform. And that's certainly a problem. If you talk to anybody, if we try to bring businesses to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, we certainly want to bring them to Allegheny County. But one of the problems is it takes forever to get a permit. U.S. Steel walked away permits. You know, from a $1.5 billion investment here they were going to make in Allegheny County because of problems with permits. But, hey, he wants to make it easier to get permits. Republicans would probably join in doing that with him. Also, he talked about Eliminating some of the licenses requirements, okay? I mean, why do we have to allow Harrisburg to decide if someone is allowed to cut hair or not? I mean, it seems a little ridiculous, right? Yeah. Now, you know, I full disclosure, John, I've been going to the same woman to cut my hair since I moved into my home about 22 years ago, okay? I mean, I am nothing if not consistent, right? <laughs> yeah. But there are a lot of folks out there that have family members or friends or or whatever cut the, you know, why should you have, if you if you need to make a living or you want to make a living, why do you have to go to Harrisburg to get a license to do so? It's ridiculous. He talked about eliminating the cell phone tax. Yeah. You know, talking about, hey, it's 2023. These aren't luxuries like they were in 1990. Why are Pennsylvania consumers still paying cell phone taxes? Talked about cutting business taxes. You know, right now, Pennsylvania is 43rd out of 50 in job creation. There's a reason for that. It's the permitting, it's the business taxes, it's the regulation, all these other things in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. These are things that Shapiro said he wants to take and change, and Republicans could be able to get on board with many of those. He wants to make it easier for students to learn trades for careers by supporting apprenticeships in community colleges and trade schools. Well, you know, those are things that Republicans can get behind. Now, there are other ideas he put forth that most Republicans don't support or don't have as priorities, and we'll see if the Democrat-controlled House can pass them. He had priorities that he didn't discuss. Some of those were part of his original platform, but let's make sure that they're part of the discussion in Harrisburg. You know, he talked about being open to school choice when he was running as a candidate. You know, we need to call him out on that. I mean, school mm-hmm. choice, especially for children on waiting lists, or trapped in failing or unsafe schools, let's put it on the top of the agenda. There's no more direct way to positively impact our children, empower parents, and hold public officials accountable than school choice. Energy. Now, it's crazy. On the one hand, the left is trying to tell everyone to get an electric car as if they don't understand how electricity is made, right? Pennsylvania has more BTUs underground than Saudi Arabia. Wolf put us into Reggie, and Reggie's a job killer. And by Reggie, folks, for the who don't folks who don't recognize it, Reggie is RGGI stands for the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. It was something that Governor Wolf, instead 
of going through the legislature like he's supposed to for these things, decided to do it unilaterally. It's being challenged in court. But while we wait for all this to get sorted out, it's a job killer and it doesn't do a thing to help air quality. Shapiro opposed Reggie as a candidate. Let's help him get us out of it today. And it's essential that we get our natural gas safely out of the ground and into our homes. That'll provide lower costs. It'll help create jobs, energy independence, and cleaner air. Now, you know, as attorney general, there were some things that I didn't agree. Well, many things I didn't agree with them with, right? But we need to have DAs that, that, DAs that will fight crime and protect citizens. Whether it's impeachment, reform, or special prosecutors, we cannot allow DAs that won't fight crime and protect our citizens to allow lives to be lost and businesses to be ruined in the name of woke ideology. Larry Krasner, we're talking about you. And so while the focus here should be on helping Pennsylvanians succeed, (coughs) making Pennsylvania a great place to live, work, and raise a family, start a business and retire, we should be willing to support the things that do this and oppose the things that don't. What do you think? I think there were some great takeaways from uh, his budget address. Uh, you know, when I was listening to it, I was surprised by how much I agreed on it for, I think, about the first half of his address. And then like, later on the end, he kind of went off. Uh, but, I mean, everybody can get behind getting rid of the phone, cell phone tax. And I think there's a few others. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that was just a – and sorry, folks, here my throat, the frog in the throat. Uh, that was just a few, John, but right – <clears throat> These are things that could be easy wins, mm-hmm. right? And that would have a demonstrable difference in the lives of the citizens of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We should be able to come to an agreement on that. Yeah. So let's see what happens. But again, the, you know, the House is in a bit of disarray. I saw just a Facebook post a little bit ago before we came on the show that uh, Representative Ortiz had put out the committees that he was recently assigned to. Education, transportation, I can't remember what the third was. We have to see where this shakes out and what they're able to accomplish. It's going to be interesting because, I mean, there's a dynamic at work there. I know that Senator Kim Ward, uh, pro temp of the Senate, is focused on growth, prosperity, and jobs for all the residents of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And she's willing to work with Governor Spiro on that. (laughs) Now, is the Pennsylvania House willing to come along or are they going to take and pursue items of woke, you know, this woke ideology. Mm-hmm. And like we said, I think uh, I saw the first thing they wanted to do was enshrine into the Pennsylvania constitution, a right to abortion. abortion. Yeah. Well, that's not exactly bringing folks together. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's see what we uh, can do there. So talk a little bit here about Allegheny County again and, as we start to look forward to this year's elections in 2024, I talked in the first segment a little bit about some of the challenges in the Democratic Party is they face, um, I don't I don't know what you call it, but progressives are, you know, are, 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 I don't want to say taking over the party, but, you know, appear to be. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the complaints coming out of the Democratic endorsement last Sunday was that the county chair for the Democratic Party had made a whole bunch of appointments. You know, recently, many of these far-left type candidates, which may have skewed the results of the endorsements. Yeah. So there's some people that aren't happy there. Uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. But as I said before, you know, we in the Republican Party, we have our own problems, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, 
there are folks out there that, in my opinion, just don't get it. Yeah. Okay. Folks, our listeners, you've all heard the adage, right? You're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. You might want to go back here and talk about the whole endorsement process in itself. You sent out a press release oh. last week about this, criticizing the Democratic Party and how they do that and the fees that the candidates have to pay. Do you care to you know, elaborate oh, no, thanks on for, that? Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, Folks, if you want to run as a candidate in the Democratic Party and you want to apply for their endorsement, you have to pay them money. Mm-hmm. It's like pay to play. Pay to play. Okay? So, and the fees range from... If you're running for county executive, it was like $7,500. You don't get this money back. There's all these candidates that wanted to apply for the endorsement have to pay this money. And it ranges down to, if you're a county council candidate, it's like Mm $1,000. Okay? If you're a judge, it's a couple thousand dollars. So uh, they charge these folks. And uh, you're Tim Stevens, uh, CEO and president of BPEP, which is the Black Empowerment Project here, reached out to me last week. And ask if the Republicans do that. I said no. You know, we. I mean, we believe in the, you know, the, uh, the, the process here, and uh, we want it to be open, transparent, and free. So Republicans here in the Republican Party of Allegheny County or the PAGOP, neither of us, charge money for Republicans to run for office or to take and apply to be considered for the endorsement. <clears throat> so I put that out there, and now the media they didn't care. Yeah, you know. But I think it was good that we let folks know where we stand. You know, and thank, thank you, John, for bringing that up so that we can remind our listeners, you know, uh, folks, I mean, this is, what, this is what we're dealing with. But they raise all that money, mm-hmm. and they take it and they dump it in in support of those candidates. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's these far-left candidates. And this is what we're fighting about, and that's why our dinner on Thursday, April 13th is so important. So I was just talking about we need folks, as we look within the Republican Party, we need folks to focus on doing the things that can help win elections, okay? Your job as a member of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County is to represent the Republican Committee or the Republican Party in your precinct. So you're supposed to be the person that folks in the precinct, re- registered Republican voters can go to and ask questions about the slate or anything related to Republican politics or, or voting and things of that nature. And if they have problems, you can bring it out to our attention and we can try to resolve it or yeah. fix it for them. <clears throat> That's part of your job. But your job is also to meet you know, new people that move into your precinct to try to see if they're registered to vote and try to register the, to the vote as Republicans. Your job is to talk to these folks and anybody that's interested in becoming a potential volunteer, you know, signing them up to become a member of the committee. And then your job is to focus on getting Republicans elected to office. Now that's local office, that's school board, that's municipal office, that's countywide office, that's statewide office. And every Repu- every registered Republican in this county and in this commonwealth, in this country, but in this county, we're talking about Allegheny County, you know, your vote counts. Your vote means something. Because even if you even if you live in the city of Pittsburgh, where there's like 159,000 registered Democrats, only 29,000 registered Republicans, those 29,000 registered Republican votes they count toward countywide office. They count toward statewide judges and row offices. They count to federal seats. So, you know, it's important that as a committee member that we reach out to those folks to explain to them how important it is for them to vote and why their vote matters and counts. 
and to try to get them to vote. You know, uh, and we talked about the results last year, John. You know, I, you've heard me talk about mail-in ballots or early voting, yeah. and that's something we absolutely have to take advantage of. We can't sit back and twiddle our thumbs for 50 days, okay, while the Democrats are out going and, and meeting and getting ballots from their low-propensity voters, and we're just, you know, buying our time hoping that in 13 hours on Election Day, folks are going to show up. It's not going to happen, okay? And so the folks who, you folks who are involved, I ask you to stay positive. Let's make this fun, okay? But let's focus on the actual productive activities that make a difference. Every committee is different. The members of every committee, and in every committee, unfortunately, you have some people who, you know, for want of anything else, really just don't do much but complain, okay? Well, we want every Republican's vote. We want as many people in our tent as possible. But that doesn't mean you need to let these folks get under your skin or to distract you from the task at hand, okay? All you have to do is look around. You see who the people in your committee are who are there who want to help. You see who the folks in your committee are who are the ones that do that work and actually get something done. I ask that you look to them for leadership and emulate them and allow the others to just, you know, do their own thing, okay, because it's just not productive. I mean, we're going into 2023 here in 2024, and I have the same, I hear the same stories. You know, people come back and they're for one candidate. I mean, my gosh, we don't have the candidates in here, but they're for one candidate here. You know, rather, even though that candidate's previously lost multiple times, okay? Uh, but that's it. Folks, we, you know, as Republicans, we're all going to pick the candidate that we choose to support and work for in a primary. But after the primary, we need to come together to cut, get behind the team and get things done. You know, that's the mindset you have to have. If you're talking to people that don't have that mindset, Maybe you should find some other friends because uh, that's the road to ruin. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help us. It's not going to help the party. And it's certainly not going to help the community or the country. Don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but I can tell you as a leader, it just gets old listening to people that complain all the time, right? And they have all these problems and they never have a solution. Okay, and everything is it wrong? They don't know what the right answer is. I think John, the best way to describe it is say, "Hey, I'm new here. I don't know what's going on, but you're doing everything wrong, right?" Yeah. That's the attitude you get. And yeah, you know, Republicans are facing some challenges across the entire state. Yeah, you know, as we speak about with some of these folks, and uh, you know, they talk about, "Well, you can't win without us." They're absolutely right. We can't, but I can promise you that they can't win without us as either. Okay. We need to get behind the best candidates, the candidates that have the greatest chance of winning, and we need to support these folks. You know, I, I, I don't know what else to say. There's not much more you can say. I mean, I see it firsthand here every day at, at the office here. But we put up a great slate of candidates. Our county exec candidate this year is phenomenal. I mean, I can't say enough great things about him. I know you as well know him very well. Um, Look, I mean, the guy was a C-suite. Yeah member of one of the largest employers, not just here in the area, but one of the largest financial services companies in the country. country. 
Here's yeah. a guy that managed thousands of employees. Here's a guy that managed billion-dollar budgets, okay? Yeah. He's the most qualified guy in this race. But we'll be fighting against, you know, the perception from folks that, well, Republicans can't win in Allegheny County. Yeah. Well, we certainly can't if that's your attitude and you don't want to come out and help. We'll probably hear he's not conservative enough. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, right. Meanwhile, and that's the other great part. Folks, when you go and you talk to these people, <clears throat> take measure of what it is that they're doing. Because I can tell you that rallies don't get votes. Having a dinner doesn't get you a vote. The quote-unquote speaker education doesn't get you a vote. What gets you a vote is, is the blocking and tackling that takes place, which is making phone calls, volunteer phone calls, calls on behalf of the candidate, knocking on doors, getting people registered, giving them applications for early voting and things of that nature, and getting them to take and submit those applications in. That's what wins elections. Not all the other stuff. You know, it's hard work. And the people that do it, they do it because they love their community, they love their county, their commonwealth, and their country. That, that's why I do it. I know that's why John does it. I know that's why Daryl's here doing it. Now, talking about that, it's often a question I have in the back of my mind. I'm here every week when you guys do your show. Yeah. And, of course, you have the message to bring people in. And I think of somebody like you had a few weeks ago, a gentleman you had here a few weeks ago, a guy I've known for a long time, Len Iorio. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? A great guy. Love him to death. I've known him for a long time. And uh, he's a guy who's sort of emblematic of what, you're tr- of what you're saying. It's one thing to exist and have a vote. That's sort of like the almost like the bare minimum of what you could do because it's, it's what I do. It's what you do. It's what, what everybody does. It's what we all have. It's the, the level playing field. What could people do like Elena Iorio? What steps do you think do you have for, in terms of advice for people out there listening who want to get involved? I mean, they, they don't necessarily want to run for something, but what could they get involved? You just, you well, just, you well, just well, rounded well, some off earlier. Sure. Well, listen, Elena Iorio is doing a phenomenal job for us. Sure. Is the leader of our membership development committee. Yeah, and okay? he's, he's not just talk. He's action. Right. Yeah. And, and see, that was the thing. Right. And, and when I was running for re-election for county chair back in the summer, early summer of 2022, uh, Len was, his name was out there. Len was not a supporter. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard he, you know, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I picked up the phone and called him anyway. Sure. Because I wanted to understand what the issues were. And he told me, he was, you know, he, his sole thing was he thought we should have more members and things like that. I agreed with him wholeheartedly. And I talked to him and I told him what my thoughts were. And then I suggested, hey, do you want to lead the membership development committee? You know, both Len and another uh, individual he was working with were on the outside. Sure. And I said, hey, you come on to the inside and you can you can run this thing, right? But that's where Len's focus on, is it? Is and he's doing a phenomenal job working in municipalities where we don't have committees. Sure. Trying to get people to set them up. Taking trying the to help people right. Trying to people help staff them. And that's the thing. There are people out there that complain, but they never actually want to do anything. Right. Right. Right? And so the people that are working tirelessly to get things done. It's easy to get disillusioned when you have folks over there complaining. But again, yeah. that's why I'm just telling the people and our listeners, you know, take take measure, right? You know, take notice and then take measure of the people that are doing all the complaining and say, hey, the folks are complaining. Are they actually doing anything that's productive? Sure. Because there's so many out there that aren't, you know? So we have a tremendous number of opportunities here. Not just do we have the membership development committee where people can get involved. We have the public safety a committee where folks can get involved, where we wanted to bring folks in to talk about what are the issues affecting public safety here in the county, their municipalities, and to help us vet our common police court candidates. We have a IT cyber yeah. committee here, folks who want to be able to come in, look at all the voter data throughout the county, slice and dice that for particular use. We have these folks. We have a youth outreach committee. Youth out- outreach committee 
is being led by Alex to Claudio, you know, uh, and wants to take and connect our college Republicans, our young Republicans, and all of our other groups, as well as, you know, come up with messaging that appeals to sure. these folks from an emotional perspective to get them off the couch and get involved. So it seems like you're willing to really meet people where they're at. If I want to get involved, you know, you, John, will vet me to, you know, see what I'm all about, get, like you do with Len. See where your focus is, see what you want to do, see where your where your, your, your skill set most applies to your needs. Yep. And then meet them halfway, meet them where they're at, and then find a way from there to take yep. advantage of the strengths they already bring to the table, build upon them in a way that's productive for the party and the county. Absolutely. Absolutely. Daryl, you're hitting the nail right on the head, and you're explaining to our listeners far better than, than, than I could, okay? But it's, it's absolutely. We, we, look, when you think about folks, we end up talking too much about Republican and Democrat, or left or right, or red or blue, okay? Let's just talk about the values. Yeah. You know, and, and, and when we start talking about values and things that we believe in, you'll find that many of our folks, we actually agree on far many more things that we disagree on. And for me, it's emblematic. You, you were talking, and you, you've been talking uh, a lot about the whole show, about the upcoming uh, The Lincoln Dinner you have, and the past one, and the roast with uh, Jim Roddy and Dan Honorado, and and, and the, the Republican leaders of, of you know days gone by, Rich Fitzgerald as well. The, the theme I'm, I'm sensing is left or right for the county, it, it seems like there's definitely a sense of purpose either way, where we don't have necessarily the fighting that we tend to see in other different political avenues throughout the country, it seems to be more more centered uh, in, in the county, right? Where you're both, you know, yeah, you, you veer a little bit to the left to the right, but for the most part, you're on the same page for the best interest of the county. Well, That's different than other, well, other that was, parts. But that, was, but that was the past. Yeah. Right? And that and, was and, and, sharing why the Roddy, Honorado, and Fitzgerald sure. have tr- traditionally governed as pragmatic centrists, okay? Which is Recognizing same. they represented everybody in the county. You're at a crossroads now. Right. and the, Right. And crossroads, inflection point, however you want to define sure. it. But it puts us in this position to worry about what is leadership like going forward. And here's a crazy thing, right? Uh, before we came on the show, I was just checking out Twitter for something, and Sarah Inamorato, a Democratic candidate and progressive candidate, county executive, had a tweet out there, okay? So at the top of the tweet, she's talking about we need to make sure that abortion is protected in Allegheny County, the whole bit. And listen, guys, I kid you not, in that same tweet, at the bottom of it, she talks about well, we also have to take sure that we can take and protect, or we can take and improve upon the maternal and infant mortality rate in Allegheny County. Are you kidding me? You want you if you you know what I mean? You I mean I, it just you can't make this stuff up. Having okay? having your cake and eating it too apparently. Well, yeah, yeah, you know it's just it's it's just crazy. So so <clears throat> leadership under someone like that could be you know would be disastrous in my opinion. Right, she's come out and said that yeah, she wants businesses to come to Allegheny County, but not at the expense of our air, our water, and all these different things. Well, yeah, listen, we all want clean air, clean water. But like I've said before many times on the show, all the information studies that I've seen in the past have indicated that areas with the greatest degree of economic freedom, where they prosper more, have the cleanest environment, mm-hmm. and that's because they have the money to be able to take and make the investments. You know, to make it that, make it so, right? I mean, look here in in, in the United States of America. <clears throat> Folks will complain about everything, but look at how far ahead we are than like India or China or some of these other third world countries. I mean, that just just proves my point, yeah. right? So we want our kids to be able to grow up here. We want our kids to be able to be raised here. We want our grandkids to have jobs here, right? So we need to elect people 
that will recognize that vision and will take and work towards providing a more prosperous, you know, and an Allegheny County for all. Folks, that's it for me. Sorry for the rant. Just had to get it out of my system. We'll be back with some great guests next week. But for this week here, signing off, this is Sam DeMarco from The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM and 99.1 FM.